Alvarigo, schoolownertalk.com. Allie, good to be with you again. I'm excited about uh, finishing our conversation that we had last week. Yeah, I know. It's exciting. And, you know, the really cool thing is, that, you, know, um, you know, people are always talking about how the little things they get. It's not like, okay, we've given them system A, steps one through 100, but we're, we're generally talking about systems within our business. And I'm really happy when people get in touch with us and say, great call. I, I didn't think of it that way, or that clarified what I was thinking, or, you know, verified what they were thinking, and so on. So uh, thanks to the listeners, and thanks for appreciating what we're giving you, and I hope you're enjoying it and really taking it to heart. Well, you know what I find funny is when somebody uh, uh, messages you or messages me on Facebook and said, hey, is everything okay? You guys didn't do a call this week. Yeah, I had uh, <laughs> I had one of our avid listeners send me a text message going, uh, what's with, what's going on? I didn't get my call this week. What, what, it's not updated. You know, I'm like, all right, but I'm, go back and listen to one of the old ones. But that's awesome, though, when that happens. It, it, it makes me yeah. feel appreciated that they really that's and that this individual he here's a cool thing he um he does work at night on his dojo cleaning the mats and organizing and he's got his iPod uh, or his you know he's on iTunes with his iPhone and the headphones in and that's what he works to too is our calls <laughs> that's funny that's good though that's good yeah, but unfortunately, it's, he says it costs him a lot of really late nights because after he's done listening, after he's done cleaning, now he's working on some of the things that we said, and he goes in, and he's there for another two or three hours. So I think we're kind of hurting his sleep cycle a little. Well, just you got to organize it. I mean, it's great to write down the ideas and then come back and, and uh, strategically work on them because you got to fit them into your business. Now, uh, for those of you that weren't on the last call, uh, I want to give you an overview, but you do need to go back and listen to it. It is uh, episode number 55, um, and so you want to go back and listen to that episode. But basically what we were talking about is um, how, just to kind of give you a real quick overview, is how school owners, how sometimes we, we, we get excited about one aspect of our business, and it, maybe it is our strength, and we focus in on it, and uh, we, we, we build it on that, but it's not sustainable because – uh, you know, the, the economy or the, uh, you know, the, not necessarily the economy globally. It could be the economy in, inside of your uh, town. You know, you could have uh, something happen where you, I know like for us, we have um, a lot of state workers and I'm in the state of Illinois and uh, I had a lot of state workers come up to me because Illinois is broke and right. they're saying, we're not getting a check. We're not getting a check. How can we pay you? And so, you know, you can't just rely on one thing or one avenue to hold your business up. So what we talked about last time was that inside your business, you basically have a foundation. And that concrete, let's say, foundation um, has footings. And those footings that this concrete is uh, uh, going to be poured into, those footings are your brand. And meaning that it's your uh, who you are, why you exist, what you want to offer and give to the public. You're basically your unique strategic purpose. Um, and then the next piece of that, when, when, when the concrete is being poured, uh, the three parts to that concrete are basically the instructional piece, the marketing piece, and the clerical or program director piece. And, and when we get into the pillars, because last call we talked about pillar number one, uh, those pillars intersect or they intertwine not only just into, um, you know, the foundation that you laid with the instructional marketing and program director piece, but eventually they will intersect and intertwine into each pillar as well, which Ali had spoke last time about, which I really love the analogy about a spider web because the nucleus, the, the center of the spider web, um, and then, you know, how the spider 
uh, creates the web, and then it all eventually connects together, uh, which was brilliant. I loved it. But last time, we talked about the very first pillar, and that was uh, new students. And uh, with inside of that, well, I'll let you go back and listen to call number 55, but you, you don't want to miss miss that one. And so I'm going to quickly just say the other six, and then let's dive into those if you're okay with that, Allie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically number two is existing students. Number three is your, your upgrade programs. Number four is your events. Number five is your retail. Number six, and you put a disclaimer on this last time, is the uh, paid in fulls and, and the compression payments. Um, and then number seven is your outside program. So let's, let's get into number two, which is your existing students, and let's talk about how those intersect into, you know, basically the, the three parts to the business, the instructional marketing and program director. And, and uh, uh, so I'll let you start us off. Yeah, well, I mean, your existing students are, they're the most important for a variety of reasons. You know, most obviously, it's easier and less expensive to keep those students that have been, a, that have been with you for some time than it is to acquire a new student. Also, too, uh, is that, you know, those students are part of your family now. They're part of your culture. They're indoctrinated into what you do, and they should be raving fans if you're doing things the right way. Um, you know, a way of monitoring your new student acquisition is, is you know, is one way of, you know, tracking your, how you, you know, you, I'm sorry, existing students, I, I, how to keep those uh, existing students in the school, um, is um, basically by tracking, you know, how long they've been there, what program they were in, and when they started, um, and, you know, uh, finding out what it took to get them to become part of what you do, right? So that that's so important. Now, of course, um, we also need to understand what keeps new students, I mean, I keep saying new students, my mistake, what keeps your existing students coming? Um, and it's worth spending the time and not being caught up in the marketing new student funnel all the time, trying to get new students, trying to, because quite frankly, Dwayne, when you and I coach, most of the time people are like, I go, what would you like to know? They'd say, how, how do I get new students? Okay, that's a great, great one to work on, but we're always going to be caught in that loop unless you learn how to keep existing students and retain them. So right, and like you said on the and like you said on the last call, I mean, you could have the best running school in the world, but you will lose students, and so you have to, uh, you know, you just want to obviously create that that hole a little bit uh, a little bit less rather than it being a, a a big old hole. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. That's perfect. You know, I think that the largest focus with existing students simply is this: keeping them happy. You know, customer service. If we do that, we're going to yield a higher level of referrals. You know, we're going to get better retail sales. We're going to have more renewals through the board, and it's going to fall into our next next system, which is you know upgrades, right? But I find that customer retention, uh, other than people, you know, and there are a lot of coaches out there. You know, teach a great class. You know, blah 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 blah. You could teach a great class. Like I'll, I'll give you an example, and this is no joke. It's not even just a fake um, example. In demonstrations back in the early days, I would literally set a hoop on fire and dive through it, right? 
And it was cool. People were like, wow, you're crazy, you know, diving through a hoop of fire. Well, you know, the next demo I did it again, and, and the people who saw it before were like, oh, that's, he's going to watch. He'll jump through a hoop of fire. It's so cool. By the third or fourth time, they were yawning, going, oh, there he goes again, jumping through the hoop of fire. You know, it was boring. So you can have dynamic classes, but and you can have amazing lessons. But if, it, if you forget that it all ties into to the students' goals and aspirations, and um, also those are changing as, as the kids grow up, as the teen grows up, as the adult grows in, in belt rank, right? So little Johnny might not have had confidence. Bam, we cure it. We give him confidence. Parents are like, okay, job done. No, what's the next goal? And we start setting a goal before we've accomplished, okay, now it's more about getting in shape or learning how to fight or winning competitions. Whatever the case may be, we've got to keep pushing the bar outward and looking into the future in order to succeed. So, again, it's all about customer service, keeping that client or the parent and the student super happy um, and getting in their heads so that they understand that it's not a good thing to quit and just give up, that we have so much to give them. If that well, and sense. I like the uh, – it does. I love um... – and I forget the kid's name, but you 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 use him as this example uh, when he started with you, and he was I don't know three, four, five years old, and his name was something. And then when he got a little bit older, he actually you know didn't want to be called that name anymore. You know exactly. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And you can tell everybody. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was this little guy, and this he was one of my first four students that I ever had back in 1991, and his name was Tomcat, this little tiny like four year old, you know, black hair, cute kid. Him and his brother Rick trained with me, so it was Tomcat, you know. Then then as he got a little older, and one day I'm like, hey Tomcat, come over here. He's like, it's not Tomcat, it's Tommy. I'm like, okay, what about Tomcat? I'm not using that anymore. Then it went to Tommy, and then as he got a little older, it was no longer Tommy, it was Thomas, and then it went to Tom, and then I just saw him recently, and he's back to. Officer Thomas, because he's a police officer. Officer Ogburn, you know, it, it, you know, it, he's he's a police officer now. It's so cool. Um, anyway, it, it's just exciting, that, you know. To, but I had to change along the way to to work with him to keep him active and engaged in my program. And we have to do that all the time. The unfortunate but fortunate thing in the martial arts is that we um, keep our students, if we're good, for a long period of time. We we see them more often than their extended family does, their relatives and their aunts and uncles. We see them every day, three days a week for an hour. They're, you know, parents and see them every day, but the relatives, distant relatives, maybe don't see them, you know, more than once for a few hours every few months. Um, and we're a part of their lives, unlike school teachers who are in their lives for one year or, you know, eight months, and then they're out of their lives and a new st teacher steps in. We have to change our hats as they grow and not only grow in age, but even adults as they went from a white belt to a yellow belt. They think differently. They have better, more more desires, changes, et cetera, et cetera. So we have to keep them and and focus on them as if they, you know, not as if, but they are our most important aspect of our school. Well, they're the reason that you exist. So, right. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 and I, and I, and I just want to throw this in here. Here's how, um, with regards to that, you know, the existing students, the education, the, you know, when you, when we say marketing, um, you know, and how that fits into existing students, you're continually marketing to them, continually uh, making sure that they understand the benefits of the program, finding out, like Ali said, the original thing back when when they they were a brand new student or even a trial student finding out what they need and why they're there. And then periodically you have to find out what they need and why they're still there uh, in order to motivate them. And that's marketing because that's education. 
Um, and that's the way I look at marketing is it's education. Obviously, it ties into the instructors and the instructional staff because they have to know how to do that, and you have to have systems in place um, because not everybody can do that naturally, um, you know, inside of your school. Not everybody is you. I can remember teaching, you know, um, having just under 100 school, uh, students or 125 students or whatever, and I can remember everything that I talked to them about, everything that I taught them. I knew exactly where they're at, and that was well before I ever had lesson plans and, and stuff like that, but but not everybody can do that. And I'm not saying I'm Superman. I just have a stupid way that I can remember those things. And so you have to have a system in place to be able to uh, make sure that your staff can do it, whether they're that uh, whether they have that type of talent or not. Um, and then obviously your clerical part with your program director, they need to continually have a, um, you know, touch with that student or students. So uh, I think that kind of gives an overview of the existing students. Let's go move into number three, which is the upgrades. Yeah, um, and, and then as you can see, there's a natural flow here to it, but go ahead. No, I was going to say, and it's funny because there's one other thing I'd like to add to the student, existing students. As they stay with us longer and longer, um, they become more and more like the Charlie Brown parents, uh, or we become more like the Charlie Brown parents, and they're the kids. When we talk, they use their ears peel, peeled, and they, like they, they hung on every word. After three years they start to filter our words. You know, then when we requested things, they did it. Now they'll consider it, and they'll, they'll think about whether it's worth it to them. So we have to find and constantly grow with our um, ability to be able to market to them so that, that our words are still penetrating their two inches of the skull or whatever it is that we talked about with the yeah. Zig Ziglar comments. Yeah. And, uh, Sometimes that, uh, you know, that, that's the problem. It's like I might go, you know, please do this, this, and this, and they're hearing wah, 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 like in the Charlie Brown parents when they talk. So um, anyway, going into number three, we're never going to get there with existing students unless we do find a way to reach them, talk to them, communicate with them. So, it, and, you know, the existing students in the upgrades, which is super, super important, is to be able to get into that upgrade funnel or the specialty pro programs. You know, within most martial arts schools, there are a variety of programs. Some schools still do not have them, and I think this is absolutely wrong, and, and don't take this the wrong way if you're that person, but I think that you're shortchanging your students. Some people go, I, I, you know, and there are coaches out there, consultants that say, nah, just do one program. I think that people need change. In fact, when people want to quit, I try to upgrade them to our black belt club, and the parents are like, well, why would I upgrade to a higher level program if they want to quit? And I go, quite frankly, that's why is to change it up, to switch it up, to give them something to be excited about. It's like being in a, um, you know, a, a boring, mundane, same old, same old relationship. Every day, go to work, come home, sit at the table, watch TV, and don't do anything. Um, you know, uh, you're going to get really bored and feel depressed and become complacent and not love it anymore. Um, so anyway, so we, with our upgrades, we need to do that for the students' behalf. And, you know, um, you know, some schools go by the title of Black Belt Club, which I, I do as well, but I, with, I could go back in time, I would change that. Master's Club, Team Leadership, SWAT Team, Instructors Program. No matter what the name, if you, do not, if you don't have higher levels of education, you're going to shortchange your students and the financial stability of your school. An upgrade program is designed to keep the students motivated. You know, it's exciting, you know, by giving the client much more in-depth training. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of these coaches say that, you know, uh, I don't want to nickel and dime, you know, senseis or in school owners. I don't want to nickel and dime my students, and I don't have upgrades for that reason. Uh, you know, whether you charge an upgrade or not, 
fee, an actual fee, I still think you should have higher levels of training within your school. If you're one of those guys that say, no, I'm one price fits all, still do some sort of upgrade program and use it as a retention tool. Put a certain select dynamic group that reached a certain level of you know quality and ability and give them that position or that class. You know, uh, you need variety in your school. You know, think about it. The old days when people would learn from the same teacher in the same classroom, you know, like, um, you know, uh, back in the Western school district, you know, back in the Old West where they sat in one classroom every day until they were 20, you know, and they learned from the same teacher, the same thing. And, got to be boring and torturous, you know, so I think in the 21st century, everyone learn, loves to see progression and feel challenged and get new things and, and enjoy. What do you think? Well, that's certainly true in our day and age, and why not give give them something that they're already looking for? I mean, um, the refrigerator salesman uh, is going to do the exact same thing. I mean, they're going to show you the, you know, piece of crap machine uh, refrigerator that only costs a hundred bucks or whatever, you know, and then they're going to go to the, 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 the $4,000 model. And then they're going to go to the, you know, the, the, the $1,500 model. And then, you know, I mean, and the majority of the people buy the middle package anyways. And, and we know that through, um, testing. So it's, you know, and I'm drawing an, uh, an ext- extreme here, but why not give those things as long as you have the content that's in there, that's, it's not a, an upgrade program that really isn't an upgrade program, then you should have it and either a charge for it or make it uh, uh, some sort of hoops that you know, it's really tough to get into or even both, you know, you charge and there's hoops to have to jump through and get through. I, I think you're doing your um, clients a disservice by not having it. Right. I agree. I so, agree 100% without well, a doubt. Let's, mo- let's move on to uh, number four and number four is events. Um, and I know you briefly said on the last call that events aren't necessarily always paid, but some are. And, and let's, let's talk about how they intertwine into, um, I mean, gosh, there's so many things we can go into because they could intertwine into new students, existing students, uh, even upgrades. Uh, and, of course, there's marketing and then the instructors involved, your program directors. I mean, it's just it's all intertwined. So let's talk about the overview of events first. Okay. Um and oh, I think the easiest way is, you know, the understanding that no matter what the event is, there should be a purpose wrapped around the event. And I think that we're talking about whether it be a parent night out, um, you know, whatever it is, a special event is a phenomenal thing within your school. And why, the reason why I word it that way is it's got to be put on as if it were a phenomenal thing in your school. Uh, For example, one of my uh, program managers said, what are we doing for Black Boat Club uh, a few weeks ago for this month? And I said, I want to teach a Hanbo. Hanbo is a short three-foot staff in our school. To me, one of my favorite weapons, classically part of our curriculum. Um, It's just an amazing tool. Uh, And and he texted me back and said, "Uh, how about something not as boring? And I'm like, I want to punch him because he's a student, but at the same time, he's, uh, you know, he's only like a white or yellow belt. And I said to myself, you know, like the Hanbo has to be promoted as an unbelievable thing. And I'm going to go from the beginner level all the way up as high as I could take it um, and load them with technique after technique after technique until the hour ends 
hour and 15 minutes for the adults. So it's about making everything phenomenal within your school, no matter what event you're doing. So with that being said, your income generator doesn't matter, of course, uh, you know, what topic you're doing. Um, it could, you know, make money for the school, create retention within the school. Not only does it produce the income, it produces the goodwill, a synergy. Uh, again, it's a retention tool. Um, there are many schools that don't do income generators or special events, and they're missing out on a world of opportunity um, and uh, retention tools and income. And on a side note, remember, there are, there are many pockets of potential special events within your school that you're maybe not tying into the curriculum, like, you know, uh, uh, getting them ready and doing a boot camp, belt, belt promotion boot camp, you know, things like that. But in each category, um, and by the way, there, there's also events for different categories, women, you know, men, teenage girls, you know, teenage boys separately, young little kids, little warriors or little ninjas or whatever you call them, three to five-year-olds. It's just a, something that a lot of us miss out on. And I think that's something that we need to understand that's a vital point and part of our school. Well, I like what you, um, you know, speak about in your product, the Red Carpet Premiere, where you, uh, you know, your, your, your whole premise in the name, you know, Red Carpet Premiere is that every event should be a red carpet. Every event should have that feeling like it's a, it's the brand new movie that's opening up and the stars are going to be there. And, um, I mean, I, have you had, um, did you guys do the show yet? Um, we did. Okay. And you, and, uh, uh, gosh, I forget the name of the show. Um, it was underdog kids. Underdogs, yeah. So, uh, but you actually went the next level with that, and you got one of the actors to be there, right? So, it's yep, speak exactly. quickly I about lucky that. It happens to be that one of the young kids' stars is um, actually, and it didn't, and it actually failed. I must admit that he wasn't able to make it to the movie. Um, oh. Uh, but but this is okay though because he actually was caught on another movie um, and he couldn't make it home that day so he felt so bad he came to my school the next day and taught three hours of classes for all my kids so not only did the kids who got to the movie got to train with them but a whole bunch of other kids got to do it as well so anyway the movie was put on and, and hosted by Century and you, you worked with a, an event planner called uh, Tug uh, Movie Promotions and um, you know and here and by the way here's the cool thing. Uh, this just goes to show you how good we are, is that the movie is actually on demand. So you could go to your TV if you have any of the cable channels that you play movies and pay a price, or you could buy the DVD for like 10 bucks. Um, and uh, we still got over 100 people to come to the movie. Um, they could have watched it at home, but that's not what it was all about. It was all about all of us going together as Long Island Ninjutsu Centers and hanging out. A Monday night we did it. And night at the movies together. It was fun, you know, kids and parents, and they got to see us and talk to the instructors, and we sat in the front row. And by the way, the movie was awesome, so if you haven't done it, do it or do a movie night at your school with it, Underdog Kids. It was like a Rocky meets Karate Kid, very reminiscent of the old Chuck Norris movie where he was in it with Joe Piscopo. I forget the name of that movie where the bad sensei, the good sensei, Karate Kid kind of mindset um, but it was just awesome. So, I mean, we did well with it, and we promoted it like a red carpet. It was really, really cool. Took pictures, had them up on our website. The next day, the kid came to the school. I took photos with all the kids. Right? I made a collage for him to sign. It was He was like a rock star. It was just awesome. Yeah, and I just I wanted to bring that up because it, 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 it's the epitome of the red carpet. And uh, I just wanted our callers to hear how, you know, yeah, I mean, he was available um, 
and so you were able to take it to that next level anyways, but the way that you were promoting it was already a red carpet premiere. And then to have one of them, you know, one of the actors be there, but then couldn't be there and make up for it was even better. So, so that's number four, guys, and the pillars uh, for your school. Number five um, is retail. It's the scary word for uh, us as school owners because that's not why we got into the business was to sell, sell, sell. Um, but let's let's get into retail and why, why it's so important to obviously uh, your marketing and even it does cross over into your instructional uh, uh, portion and um, you know the the uh, the program director clerical portion as well. So let's talk about retail. Do you want to add to it, or do you want to go, or do you want me to jump on it? Well, I, you know, I I wasn't big into retail until you and I started hanging out and talking, and and you know you kind of made me feel like crap. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. And, no, no, no. It was no, no, no. You don't need to because it was something that was definitely needed into my business. And and retail just isn't. By the way, retail just isn't the 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 stuff you're hanging on the wall. Um, retail also is the the things that you are working into your uh, curriculum. So at this belt level or this um, expertise level or whatever. You know, they need this extra thing or, or, or summertime. Nobody can, you know, uh, like we do, T-shirt summer. And you have to have one of our T-shirts in order to participate in T-shirt summer. I mean, just something that simple uh, to drive up the uh, the retail. And now you have even more people walking around every day with, with your product on their shirt, and they paid for it. Um, but I, I'm kind of giving an overview of retail, but go ahead. Well, you know what, that that's, you know, basically it, you know, when we look at it, and I say basically, you know, I, I, I've i always, here's the thing, and again, I think I've said this to many people or they've heard it on here, I, I love the art of money, just like Donald Trump wrote the art of the deal, and, you know, him running for president, I'm a huge fan of his, but I'm more interested in finding someone that becomes a, a president who's not a politician, like, and I'm not going to get into political viewpoints, I, I just want to have someone who thinks about the big picture versus, I'll make you happy, Dwayne, and I'll do this, or I'll make money on retail, but I won't, there's no plan to it, right, at all, so again, you know, retail within a martial arts school, for most schools, is a lost cause. I always joke about this, and people say, you know, it's the art of the art of making money. It's the art of the deal, where it's not necessarily always about lining your pockets, but um, the reason why I call it a lost cause is most schools that I go to have a real t retail center where, no joke, a parent could say, does my gear then pointing to the wall come with the three inches of dust on it? Like, how do you expect... <laughs> to promote a product if it hasn't been moved in 17 years. You know what I mean? Um, it's right. faded, or that gear, the color, and the brand doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and then they, you know, and other people think like, wow, retail, I'll be a retail superstar. I'll throw a slot wall on the wall, get hooks, and I'll just throw things up there. Well, there's a way, and you need to understand the art of retail where people's eyes flow. Just like on reading a graphic art ad, they flow across the page in a certain way, the way people see things on the wall. Anyway, um, you know, I've taught many seminars on how to turn your store or your school into retail into a viable income stream for the school. 
I have some clients now that used to do two, three hundred dollars a month that are now doing two, three thousand dollars a month in retail. And um, and it, the more you make, the more students you have. The more students you have, the more you make uh, because you know that you know when you have retail and you sell and people wear your product, it, the word gets out there and there's branding and all that other stuff. But anyway, in one of the products that I developed called Developing a Retail Wonderland, um, you know this was all about creating an entire process around your retail. And of course, the easy thing is tying retail into your curriculum. A lot of schools don't do that. They, you know, my school, I'm fortunate. We do like 16 different weapons, and we have sparring gear, and then, you know, grappling gear, um, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, Hanbo, Bostav, Naginata, Iaito, Boken, which is a wooden sword, Tomfa, Sai, Tanto, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. That's all part of our curriculum. So we're guaranteed for every white belt that joins, or every beginner joins my school and they get promoted to white belt, they have to buy a set of fighting gear. So if I promote 20 people, that's 20 sets of fighting gear guaranteed. Uh, people move to yellow. 20 sets of yellow belt gear guaranteed. And it's not just about making money. This is the tools that they're going to be using within the classroom. No different than hockey. You have to have the hockey stick. You have to have the shoulder pads. You have to have the skates. You have to have the knee pads, etc., etc. So anyway, the, you know, the typical fighting gear, school t-shirts and hoodies and jackets are just the basic of what you sell in retail. Um, dance studios do it all the time. They have the sweatsuits. They have the shirts. They have the, you know, all this stuff. Why is it that martial arts schools this. And I go into most places and their retail is atrocious. It's, they don't have anything that's even viable to sell. Their shirts are things that people wouldn't want to wear. Um, you know, it, it's pretty tough and, and this could be massive. Just, you know, let's say you're doing three grand a month, that's $36,000 a year um, in, uh, you know, in retail. Let's say and you're 60% that's what I was going to say. Yeah, if you're making 60% of it, that's where I was going to go with that. Yeah. Yeah, or 50% or even 40. That you know, you're taking 36,000 in sales and maybe making 14 or 13,000 in profit. That's enough for any good parent to put into their kids' college tuition, for any good smart investor to pay down the debt, pay off their mortgage, pay out a car, pay down credit card debt. Why do we ignore it? You know why? Because like when I first started, started, I was embarrassed to sell. I was afraid to sell. I didn't want people to think I was all about the money. But then parents started opening my eyes and said, but if you don't have it, i got to go now to Toys R Us to find a silly little gift to reward my kid with. I'm, they're spending the money anyway. Why not make it martial art related and cement the brand so that the parents are like, wow, this is really cool. The kids now, if you do good, Johnny, you get a t-shirt. If you do good, Johnny, you get a new weapon. Like, that's what they would do if they were on a, in, in baseball. They'd take them to a Met game or a Yankee game or whatever game, and they, you know, they'd get a ball signed and a jersey with the player and pictures and posters for the wall. Why are we not doing this in our school? It only well, helped. It, it, it was amazing to me that people bought bottled water from me after talking with you. I was just, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I buy a 24-pack of water for two ninety nine when it's on sale, and I buy a whole mess of it when it's on sale, and I sell each bottle for a dollar, and I put a little label on the outside. Of course, I don't take the other label off. You know, right, but right. I put a little label on the outside. It's TriStar Water, and uh, my gosh, it, the the you know I'm making twenty bucks for every case that I sell. Yeah, and right. why wouldn't you know? And people want it. And why wouldn't you? Do that? And you know what, dude? This is the thing. This is the. And I called you, dude, because I'm getting excited. I really should call you Sensei, dude. Or, but um, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> but but here's the thing. 
If you don't sell it, where do you think they're going when they're thirsty? Down the road to the next delicatessen, um, 7-Eleven, supermarket, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I had, you know, here's a, here's a quick thing. At my East Isop location, my, my guys are really bad about getting products. So let's say, uh, you know, they, just recently I was furious that the refrigerator's been open with nothing in it for like a week. There's no reason for that. And, um, and I told them, come and get it. Even if you have to take half out of what my refrigerator has to put in your refrigerator, because what we did was, and this happened years ago, and I learned my lesson. We used to have the refrigerator full, and then for like three or four weeks or a month, it wasn't full. So my thirsty students, after a packed class, would shoot out to 7-Eleven, and now all of a sudden, wow, now they're used to going to 7-Eleven. So their routine is shifted from doing class, buying a drink at my school, going home, to doing a class, sweating up a storm, jumping in their car, going to 7-Eleven. I've literally shifted my buying population, buying product to 7-Eleven. Now I'm giving them tons of business when in reality, if we had it, they would just be in the habit and the convenience of it right there in our school. So if they don't get it from us, they're going to get it from somebody else. Why are we so silly about saying, oh, I don't want to be known about the money? It's not about the money. It's not about you being money hungry. It's about you offering your customers a product and a service to make their lives easier. If they don't want it, they don't have to buy it. I have not ever held a gun to any one of my clients' heads and made them purchase a drink. Sometimes I make them buy gear um, because they have to in order to train. It's part of our curriculum. And they have to buy it from me and nowhere else. That's a whole other story, and I could explain that at another time. Right, right. So, okay, so that, maybe that's a, a, enough on retail. We could go in-depth even more. But let's move on because I know our time is short here. Um, we got to finish up. So the next one, number six, is uh, paid in fulls and cushion payments. And uh um, I'm just going to say something about the payment fulls really quick here. I'm going to take the floor from you, but, uh, is, oh, no. I, 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 I love, I love having a system on paid in fulls, um, because I, 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 I can remember, you know, working with, uh, potential clients for coaching and saying that, you know, our goal is to get you this much per month and this time, yada, yada, yada. And, um, you know, there, a lot of them were asking, well, you know, am I going to have to do in paid in fulls in order to get that? And then we said, well, that's one way that you can do it. Of course, we can, you know, uh, shoot for some paid in fulls, but, you know, we can't cash out everybody because then you don't have a viable business. And then the whole thing with, with paid in fulls is what do you do with the money? Um, so let's kind of talk about, uh, let's talk about the system a little bit for paid in fulls. Yeah, I mean, a pay-in-full or a compression payment, or as you called it, a cushion payment, same exact thing. Is This is simply another way of raising monthly bottom line, right? Um, you know, raising chunks of money quicker than we would if it was on a monthly payment system. The goal, of course, is not to continually be able to grow. Um, I mean, the goal is to be able to continually grow your billing. Um, so at times you could cash out or do a pay-in-full or a compression payment and still raise your cash flow if you follow my system. Um, I don't recommend cashing out anything more than maybe 2 out of 10 or a 5 to 1 ratio. Um, and the reason being is that if I have five new students come through the door and I have five students quit, I am zero up in the, in the numbers game, right? My students did not, my count did not grow. But if I had 
five new come through the door and zero quits, now I'm five up, then that will enable me the next month to do a cash out of one student. And that means my billing volume grew by four and my, you know, my payout, my cash pay in full went into the bank and you said you brought this up so it might be like I put it in a bank account or a savings account or I paid down a credit card debt that I'm getting huge interest payments on or whatever the case may be. But I always want to continually grow my monthly billing volume while I'm ca if I am cashing out or doing compression payments. Yeah, sense? and I think that's important. Yeah, and, and that's where, I mean, there was a, a stigma in the industry that, you know, people were doing fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a month, and, 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 you know, school owners are like, wow, you know, how are they doing all that? And, well, part of it was they were doing some big cash outs, and the problem was later on when they didn't, you know, keep that money <laughs> in a bank account, they spent it. Um, and, you know, and, it, again, it's not a bad thing to cash out some people, but you, you, like you said, you have to continually grow your, um, your monthly revenue. You know, that monthly, uh, check has to continue to grow while you are cashing out. So I, I, I just, I love the, uh, uh, the freedom of having that system. So um, anything else you want to say about that or are we going to move on to number seven? No, I mean, I mean, there's a lot more to say about it, you know, but we have to be real careful just to reiterate what you just said is to make sure that we're really careful on, um, you know, cashing ourselves out of business. For a while, back in the day, the craze was those painfuls. Yeah, make your money now because they're going to quit. Students quit generally within the first 14 months, so get all the money up front and blah, blah, blah. But then they found like, oh, my, oh my God, they stayed longer than 14 months, and now I, you know, I, I got to do something. And then, you know, you can't just cash people out. It's just not smart business. It's just a terrible business idea. So if you're doing it in a good ratio that's safe to the growth of your school, all good, and you, you could do it. But do not cash yourself out into financial ruin. If you have any questions on that, please contact Dwayne and I, and uh, we'll explain it in way more detail. But that's just number six on our, our list. And then the last one was outside programs. So you do a lot of this stuff, I think, right, Dwayne? You'll go places and teach and so on. So why don't you take the lead on it, and then I'll add in. Yeah, I mean, I get uh, I get asked to do PE programs or, um, like, I remember one time uh, I was asked to teach PE for like a semester because the, uh, the PE teacher at, this was at a private school, the PE teachers, um, uh, had, had, he had a pelvic surgery, so he couldn't even, you know, teach PE, you can't move and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we just, uh, we, we worked out a deal. Um, I mean, I have, uh, other programs. I have, a, a, like, a, I have a special rec program that it's, uh, a, um, adult special, uh, you know, adult, um, handicapped special ed people that come in on, on uh, a certain, you know, cycle. And, you know, we, we get paid with that program. Um, I, I, before I've had this program through Easter Seals, I don't have it currently right now, but Easter Seals is kind of like that for not adults. It's a, it's a kid that are, have, uh, you know, uh, handicaps and, and we had a special program for them and, and uh, we were getting paid by them. And, and in fact, when Easter Seals had hit, a, uh, a hard spot back in 2008, um, you know, I, I said, look, I'll pay half of the program. You guys just pay the other half. And we did that for quite a long time. Um, uh, but it got to a point where it was, you know, I needed to pay for everything. And I did that probably for a year. And then I was like, you know, I, this is costing me and I've got to do something. So I had to let the program go. And I mean, I felt bad that I had to do it, but I had helped out enough, you know what I mean? It's not my obligation. It's not, I'm not obligated to continue to do that for free. And I, 
um, you know. So that's kind of where I was at with that. And then we have field trips and uh, other specialty programs that we have, you know, come into our school, and, and uh, some of them are paid, some are not paid. Uh, even throughout the summer, we had, um, you know, other, other daycares bring their kids in for a field trip. Um, and, you know, those, those are extra things that uh, parents have to pay for, uh, you know, to send their kids on different field trips through the, uh, the daycares and stuff. So um, any other outside programs besides, like, some of the ones that I kind of threw out there? Well, there are a million, actually, and, and rather than us going into them, all I want to do is give you the way of looking at it so that maybe you could start or the listeners could start thinking about what it is. So, in other words, an, an outside program could be anything from teaching a gym class for the week or um, doing a seminar for the police department or going to a Boy Scout troop. And they don't necessarily always have to be free, um, especially with public schools and private schools. There is stuff in the budget. I have had alternate programs that are um, based off of, let's say, like a community center that's for kids over the summer. And I, I used to always jump at it. They'd say, hey, you want to come and teach for like three weeks? And i go, oh, who do I have available? Uh, yeah, I'll do it. And then um, I would do it. And then I started realizing that they actually had a budget. And then I started asking them, do you have a budget for this? And they say, yeah, it's not much. And I go, okay, well, whatever it is, I'll take it. And they'd say, okay, well, it's like, you know, $2,000 for the courses. And I'm like, okay. I was thinking more like 20 bucks for gas. And um, now I realize that there's so many outside programs that we could be doing that we can not only bring income into our school or, you know, teach a seminar for real estate agents, you know, and go to their office for the women that are taking people privately into these abandoned homes that are for sale and learn self-defense and awareness and how to read people. Um, and, and the list goes on and on and on. So just the, my only thing is to search and scour the newspapers for everything that's going on in your community, reach out to people, come up with a concept, and sell it. But here's the most important thing. Don't get so wrapped up in it that it takes away from your school because your bread and butter is always in your school um, yes. and where you're and you need to focus on your school. So many people get distracted with these side things and these side events, and I'm going to go teach this and teach that, that their school suffers. And that's where you know the school has the biggest amount of spiderweb connection where it's about retail, it's about promotions, it's about you know, uh, seminars, and it's about tuition, where we'd make more money per student per capita than we would on going out and ignoring our clientele. So in other words, it goes back to customer service and quality of service. And I was going to say, anytime that you can, uh, any of those outside programs that you can intertwine into your own program, you want to do that. So like, for instance, I, uh, uh, I, I've got a, um, oh, gosh, I can't think of, oh, I went, well, I did a self-defense program, right? And then one of, the, one of the ladies that went through the self-defense class, she's like, hey, I work at this bank. I'm in charge of training for this bank, um, and I'd like for you to, you know, come in and, and you know, teach a self-defense seminar at this bank, and that's going to happen in October. Um, so what I did with her was I said, well, what I'd like to do, because obviously there's not enough room to go through the moves and stuff at the bank that there is um, here, uh, at the school, what I'd like to do is I'd actually like to have the physical self-defense part here, but let's do a two-part thing. Let's do the physical self-defense part here, and then let's do another part at your establishment um, where we can kind of see the lay of the land and take the techniques that we learned and utilize them um, a little bit better 
after you already know them inside of, you know, a place that you're already comfortable with. And so by getting them into my doors, of course, now I'm going to, they have to sign a liability waiver. I'm going to get all their information. You know, of course, we're going to market to them. They're going to get on my list. And so you can do that and, and, and get them in. Uh, if you can work it into your, your school so that you can get their information. That's great. And then same thing I did with, uh, uh I, me and, um, another guy went and spoke to a realtor group, uh, this spring. And so, uh, we have, uh, he actually is a professor here at one of the colleges in my town and, and I know him from church. And so he actually invited me to be a part of it, which is great. And so I, you know, he spoke about, um, being safe because he that's you know he actually does law enforcement training um at the college here and talked about safety and all the rules and regulations and all those things then i put the practical piece into action so i got in front of all these realtors and and of course then i got uh, as many of their information as i could because then now i was able to market to them for a self-defense course for realtors and get into you know that area but i'm not taking away i'm not spending you know, that's not my bread and butter. Like you said, I love that you said that because we can get caught up into, and that's what this whole call is about, is we can get caught up into one area that we think is going to take us to the next level and we can miss our core business along the way and fail miserably. Absolutely, without a doubt. So that's a lot. We we pretty much nailed it all. And I actually have to run today now because I got to jump on another coaching call at 12 o'clock with a client of mine in Canada. So um, any last closings, Dwayne? Or I, and I'll let you. No, take- no. Yeah, no. I'll just close out. Uh, you go ahead and go. I just want to tell everybody share this information. Um, again, subscribe through iTunes or go to uh, schoolandertalk.com and you can subscribe on your and uh, you can subscribe through your Android, Android device on there as well. Allie, thanks again, and uh, hopefully everybody picked up a bunch of information on these two calls. Awesome. Thanks, everybody.